Good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for the privilege of uh, allowing me to do this this morning. It really is a privilege uh, to share my heart with you and uh, what I've been looking at for the last little while. Now, this morning's topic is, if you're a notes person, it is prayer. At the end, I'll give a very short message. I'm hoping for 25 minutes. If I you know, waffle or drag on, someone start to cough. That's enough. Security. Security at the back, please. Um, and then, uh, anyway, we'll have a, uh, a, sh- a prayer time at the end, corporate prayer time, where we can praise God for 2019 and we can petition God for 2020. That's what we're going to do at the end. I'm going to give you four points. First of all, what is prayer? Why don't we pray? Why do we pray? And then how to pray. So let's pray. <laughs> God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that um, you died for us. Lord, we have a relationship with you because of what you did. Father, I just, uh, commit this morning to you. I commit this message to you. I believe it is from you, Lord. I want it to be your words, not my words. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit, Spirit to do your thing, Lord, to bring conviction if need be. Lord, to um, bring encouragement as well. Father, I pray that will be this morning and uh, leading into 2020, as this is the last Sunday in 2019, Lord, I pray that you will have your way. Lord, may your will be done in your name. Amen. So, Christians this morning, how many of you wish you prayed more deeply and more consistently than what you do now? Raise your hands. More deeply majority, if not everyone here, wants that. Now, I'm not going to tell you anything about prayer this morning that you probably already haven't heard or don't know. As long as if I'm going to say, you need to pray, you need to be like, what? No one's ever told me that. I'm not going to do that. You've probably heard it all before. But I understand that we live in a very, very noisy world, noisy environments, noisy outside. So it is oftentimes hard to get that quiet time or even throughout your day, you're very busy, so it's hard to think about prayer. I've got four kids, and I oftentimes refer to them as fireworks. <laughs> now, they are beautiful, and they're colourful to look at. I love them so much. They're you know, like they're, Everyone looks at them. They're beautiful and colourful, but they're noisy. They're loud. They're destructive. They're dangerous. You put those in a room, you put fireworks in a room, it'll clear the room. People will start to duck for cover. Okay, you put them outside. We put our fireworks outside. We even strapped them to G.I. Joe men. I mean, I mean, theoretically, if we strapped them to G.I. Joe men and Barbie dolls, they'll blow up. Fireworks are dangerous and they're smelly. You get downwind from fireworks, whoo, that's overwhelming. My kids are fireworks. So... With all the noise around us, how can we get a deeper, more consistent prayer life? So what is prayer? Let's the gospel. It is a result of the gospel. The good news, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the gospel, this church very firmly is our foundation, is on the gospel. We believe the gospel. It is a relationship we are invited into by God and it is for God. 
You might think that's selfish of God to create us for himself, but I think it's very justified. For what he has done, we are made by God and for God. So we read this morning Ephesians 1. I just want to pick a few things out because that's where I think uh, we should start this morning. First of all, if you're there, in 4, in Ephesians 1, verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. Now go down to 11. In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in him might bring praise to his glory. That to me is just the entire gospel summed up. We were born sinners into a dreadfully sinful world. And there's nothing that we could do to have a relationship with God. Nothing we could pay, nothing we could do. No good deeds we could do to have a relationship with God. God is perfect and we are sinners. We could not talk to or be in the same room as God because we would make him imperfect. And that's not what God is. He is perfect. We couldn't go near him. The only way that could happen is by a perfect sacrifice. Jesus offered himself up as a sacrifice that had to be perfect to lay his life down and pay that price for all of our past, present and future sin. He made a way for us sinful people to have a relationship with God the Father because he created that bridge when he died on the cross and he rose again. And that is our invitation to God. Our invitation to have a relationship with God is because of what Jesus did on the cross. We have turned prayer into some sort of combination lock. Instead of thinking it like a relationship, God longs to be in relation with us. He wants to hear our voice. He wants us to come to Him. You know, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me. The God of the universe, the God of the cosmos is saying, Come. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, some of us are awkward and broken and had all sorts of past, but he's still saying, come, come to me. So number two, why don't we pray? Well, I'll tell you now, I like, if I was offered good news or bad news, I always take the sucker punch in the tummy first, the bad news first, and then I want to pat on the back as I leave with the good news. So the bad news the more confidence you have in you, the less you will pray. The more confidence you have in God, the more you will pray. So some of you don't pray because your shortcomings, your historic failures and your past somehow you think disqualifies you from approaching the throne of grace. You think you've done too much wrong. You've made too many mistakes and you keep making the same mistakes over and over. But I'm saying to you, and the Word says to you in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And the same goes for you. We are unworthy. There's no doubt about it. I am unworthy of God's grace. 
but he made a way. He wanted it to happen. He wanted you to be adopted. He predestined it. He wants you to be a part of his family, to be in a relationship with him. He made a way. Some of us don't pray because we don't perceive we need him. We're, good. We're doing pretty good. Got good jobs, good houses, good family. We don't need him. Some of us are living like unbelievers. We've ascended back to the throne of our own heart and we've convinced ourselves that we make better gods than God does. When our illusion of control is stripped from us, we all of a sudden become good prayers. You know, we take credit for our success, but we blame God for our failures. While we're living the good life, kicking goals, some of us with both feet, others are struggling, and that's when we blame God. God, what are you doing? How could this happen? All of a sudden, we become great prayers when we're down and out. I don't want to guilt and shame any of us this morning. It is not my intention. I want to encourage us. I know guilt and shame does not draw us closer to God. It pushes us away from God. Guilt and shame in your life does not draw you closer to God. So I do not want that this morning. It is not my intention. So number three, why do we pray? Why do we pray? Because God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Ephesians 1, 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Salvation belongs to God. That's why we pray. God is sovereign. Psalm 135, 6, The Lord does whatever He pleases in heaven and on earth in the seas and all the depths. He rules and reigns over everything. He rules and reigns over everything. That's why we pray. If, though, if we're praying, we've decided that God makes his own decisions. He decides what happens in our life. We are his, after all, if we've accepted Jesus. We are his. We live for him. Well, then why pray? If he's already decided, if he's made up his mind, well, then why do we pray? I can tell you right now, God still listens. That's why we pray. We are adopted. He is our Father. Any good father listens to their children. In Exodus 32, we see this, and I'm going to read the whole thing out. But to, to summarize, Exodus 32 is Moses and God are up on the mountaintop speaking. And all the Israelites, after they've exodus the Egypt, they're down the bottom and they make up their own calf, their own idol. Now, when God sees this, He says, Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. Because they are a stiff necked people. I tell you right now, we're a stiff necked people. And God is just if He wanted to totally eradicate us. But in this situation, Moses implored the Lord. And in 32, Verse 14 of Exodus, you can see how the Lord listened and relented. It says, And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. So he listened and relented to Moses. Now God is outside of time. He's outside of space. 
He is both here, He is both there in the future, and He's there in the past all at the same time. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, all at the same time. You know, sometimes I think of God as entertaining us. He talks to us, and He was talking to Moses right there as if He didn't know the answer. You know, like a father talks to his children. I talk to my kids when they're trying to sort out a problem, and I, in a way, entertain them as if I don't know what they need to do next. And that's what God was doing with Moses right here. He was talking to him as if he wasn't sure. Now, he was already in the future. He was here right now. So he's entertaining us. He loves us that much. He wants us to learn. He's more interested in our character than what he is for our current situation or circumstances. He wants our character to develop, not our situation. And like any good father, he wants a relationship. I keep coming back to relationship. It's so important. He is inviting you to his throne of grace with any situation, no matter what you're going through, especially in the highs and lows, everything. He wants you to come and talk to him. So why do we pray? There's three themes that I keep coming across inside this one point. We, we can pray because one, we ask. And in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. So simply, we oftentimes pray because we're wanting things. We're asking for things. Another real situation I can see here is number two in these three themes of why we pray is we delight in the Lord. So in Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, the first one is ask, or you do not have because you do not ask. The second one is Take delight in the Lord and he will give you a heart's desire. So if you delight in the Lord, the same as my wife and I or any other relationship that you have, if you delight in that relationship, you invest in that relationship, you, you know, sit down and talk about where you're going and your future and your plans and your lives together, you start to get the same sort of goals. You start to have the same sort of vision. You start to become like each other. The amount of stuff that I have changed in my life or just has happened because I've been in a relationship with Lauren, the amount of food that I didn't touch before but now I like is nuts. I never ate that food before, but now Lauren's like, what? Tomatoes? Why is that stuff? I don't like that, but now I do. I have it on my wraps. <laughs> so if you eat delight in God, he says he'll give you a heart's desires. And I know if we delight in God, we become more like him. We start wanting what he wants. So no wonder he's saying he'll give us our heart's desires because our heart's desires will be what he wants. It will be what he wants. He'll be for the kingdom. It will be for serving. It will be for open doors. That's what our heart's desires will be like when we delight in the Lord. It's number two, in while we pray. And then the other third one is why we pray is we pray corporately. Now, Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. God does profound things when we gather corporately for prayer, when we humble ourselves before God. Again, my four kids, if they all come to me and ask for the same thing, like as an example, a movie, if they come to me and ask me, I want to watch Lion King, you know I'm almost going to make that happen. If they're asking for this, it's a home run for me. It's a, it's a goal. I'm just going to, easy. If you want the same thing, let's make it happen. If they come to me and ask for separate things, you know I'm going to put something on that I think is good for them. 
Because it's too hard to pick one of them. It's just too hard for me. I, I, I don't want to handle the fights. I'll make up the decision for you and I'll put it on for you. The same as if we gather corporately to pray. I just, I've got to, I know that God would be listening. He's there amongst us when we gather corporately. All of His children asking for the same thing. All of His children crying out to God, petitioning God for the same thing. I just know it. And I can't wait for the end of the service. I'm getting way too excited. I need to calm down. Wow. I need to calm down. I get way too excited. I grew up talking to youth groups. So uh, obviously, I've even got an operation on my, on my nodule just to try and remove it because I was doing too much yelling when I was in ministry. I need to calm down. I have another operation soon. <laughs> okay. So I understand that corporate prayer, especially in church, can be awkward. You know, I've um, I prayed a few times when Blatches opened up the prayer for different various reasons. And it's always awkward, like, do you start straight after someone else or do you leave a bit of a gap? And then you're like, oh, dear God. And you hear, dear, dear God. I'm like, oh, no, we both start at the same time. Oh, this is awkward. And you both stop. And you're like, no, you go, no, oh, oh, eh, eh. it's awkward. You don't know when to start. I've just now, I've realized I've prayed a few times, normally because Matt, it wasn't here, so I had to fill his position to pray because he always prays. And if he's not here, no one else is going to pray. So I thought, oh, I better pray. So I was up on the sound desk and I, as soon as someone finished, I just jumped straight in. I didn't want to have that awkwardness of someone else starting at the same time as me. So I was just in there. But really, we should be taking a number and getting in. We're starting at the same time as someone. We are able to talk to our Creator, the one who created us, the one who has a plan for us. We should all be starting at the same time. In fact, if it happens, we should be celebrating because we all want to talk to God. Tame it down, tame it down. Prayer becomes the means by which the purposes of God are achieved. The purposes of God are achieved through prayer. Prayer changes things. So how should we pray? Well, I've seen many of acronyms, especially doing all my research, many of acronyms of how to pray, and they're all great tools, especially if they encourage you to pray. And if you've got that quiet time, you obviously don't have four kids, but if you've got that quiet time, you might be able to use those acronyms. They're great tools. But I'm saying to you this morning, pray what you've got. Pray what's in your heart. You can't hide anything from God anyway. He knows what you're thinking and where you're at. So pray what's in your heart. Just pray what you've got. Start talking. And God is listening all the time. God wants to hear about it you know, at home around the dinner table, we do highs and lows. I ask the boys, highs and lows, you're up. And essentially what that does is it just gets them to talk about their best high for the day and their lowest low of the day. Because I want to hear it. I want to hear their highest high so maybe we can do it again. Or I want to hear about their lowest low because I want to hear what they're struggling with. So maybe I can help out or I can see where they're at at the time. Highs and lows. Do a high and low with God throughout the day. Highs and lows, God, I'm up. You know, just let's just start talking to God about where we're at. So let's finish off with the Lord's Prayer before we pray. And I'm not sure if it's up there or not, but the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. If you're there, if you've got a Bible, let's just turn to it so we can quickly, you know, do some brackets around some certain bits and we'll finish with this bit. While you're turning there, I'll, I'll, um, I'll read it out. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 30. I'm reading from the CSV. Therefore, you should pray like this. Before I start, 
the disciples, from what I can gather, didn't ask God to teach them anything except for how to pray. Now, the disciples asked a lot of clarification on different parables, but didn't ask me to actually do anything except for teach me how to pray. How should we pray? So, in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 13, Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, those in church especially, even those outside of church, you've all heard that prayer. You might remember our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I can tell you right now, you don't need to speak King James to be heard by God. You, thanks, man. You don't need to be speaking King James to have a conversation with God. God is no respecter of eloquent speech. He doesn't care how many big words you use. I can tell you now, if Chris Thomas is talking to God with his big fancy language and all his message prep and his sermons and whatever else, if I call God and I'm on the phone, he won't say, hang on, Marty. No, 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 I've got to hang up because Chris is calling. He won't do that to us. He can talk to us all at the same time. It doesn't matter how many big words or how we look on the outside. God is no respecter of eloquent language. God hears the heart and sees the heart before you even start talking. And what I found in this passage, and you might be able to you know, highlight, circle some bits, is prayer oftentimes bounces between praise and petition, like tennis. Praise and petition. Praise and petition. Thank you and asking. Thank you until it lands on repentance or forgiveness. Confession. Now, Let's go back to Matthew 9 and let's see how this happens in this particular passage. This is something that's helped me with my prayer life is I want to start with praise and thank God. Go to petition and that always leads me to I'm sorry. So our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praising God, saying out loud the goodness that God has accomplished in us, around us, through us. Praise you, God, here, right now. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life, for what you're doing around, for what you're doing in the church, for what you're doing in the teenagers overseas right now. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives. That then goes to petition. God is not a genie in a bottle. We can't just rub it and then all of a sudden we have what we want. We don't get three wishes as such, but he loves to hear we need him. He loves to hear that we need you, God. I need you in this situation. I need you to turn up and do what your will is. I don't know your will, but Lord, I'm asking, I'm praying, I'm crying out to you, Lord, for healing or for something else that's going on in your life. Petitioning God, help with your kids or your marriage. We're petitioning God. And then praising a petition bounces back and forth until it lands on forgive us. You know, it's not hard to find someone next to you potentially or someone out there who stacked up against them we look pretty good against. 
don't look around or anything, but sometimes we oftentimes forget that looking at God, you're, you find your real lack of holiness stacked up against Him. You become far more aware of how needy we are when we stack ourselves up against God. And that's why confession is birthed out of praise and petition. Because when we're praising God and we're petitioning God, alongside that, we're talking to our Creator. We realize, wow, who are we to even be petitioning God right now? Who am I to be asking the Creator anything? I really, I don't even deserve to be in the same realm to be talking to Him, but Jesus made a way. He's made the bridge, that ultimate plan to send the ultimate rescue plan into action back in the beginning. Who am I to petition God? So up alongside God, we realize how much we need Him. You know, lack of confession will kill your prayer life. You will go into hiding, including hiding from the Lord. Nothing will sap your prayer life like walking in constant sin. And some of us here this morning, may you walk in constant sin and feel very distant from God. We're going to leave it there. But what I've been speaking about this morning is, first of all, what is prayer? And we're given the opportunity because of what Jesus did for us on the cross by dying and raising again defeating death, defeating sin as a perfect sacrifice for us. He gave us an invitation. It is up to you all to accept that invitation to what God is trying to offer us by paying that ultimate price. Why don't we pray? Because we, some of us think we don't need God. We can do it on our own, especially in our Western culture where jobs are good, money is good. We can do life without Him. Why do we pray? Because He is sovereign. He is sovereign over all of our situations and circumstances. And how do we pray? We pray what we've got. We talk to God about what is in our hearts and where we're at. Tools are great, but pray what's in your heart and do it as much as you can to get that relationship with God where you're at a point that He gives you the desires of your heart because what's in your heart is what He wants. So we're going to um, stop. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God. We're going to praise God for what He's done in 2019. Some of us have had a hard year. And in this church, I, it's challenging to even to imagine what some of your years have been like. We're going to ask God and praise Him that He was with us the whole time. We're also going to um, praise and petition God for 2020. Some of you have kids that are walking away from God. Some of us um, are struggling with jobs or maybe moving house or have got so much on our plate and potential looking ahead in 2020 is scary or unknown. We're going to praise God and petition Him for 2020. So if you have any one of those things going on in your heart right now, I challenge you to have boldness and to forget about those around you and realise that we have an invitation, a direct line to the Saviour. And that's all that matters. No one at all in this room is going to remember this service, possibly tomorrow. 
possibly in a week or a month's time. So if you make a fool of yourself, does it really matter when it comes to God and eternity? Have boldness and speak boldly to God, the Creator. So I'm going to start. I'm going to get Blatchy to finish. It's up to him to pull the pin. But I do encourage you to speak boldly, to speak loudly. Talking to the creative. If, if someone starts the same time as you, praise God. Because someone else wants to pray and they can take a number and get in line. We're all agreeing. Now we say amen also for prayer because it just means so be it or let it be. It means I agree. So if someone says something that potentially you're feeling in your heart or you're agreeing with them, say amen. God is hearing you and He's here. And corporate prayer is so powerful. So let's pray. And I don't expect this to be finished until 2 o'clock this afternoon. God, I thank you so much for what you did for us on the cross. For allowing me, Lord, a sinner, to come to you with boldness, Lord, to come to you with an open heart and let me bear my heart to you, Lord, is an ultimate privilege. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for what we're doing in this church. I thank you for corporate prayer. We know you're here right now and you're just celebrating. You love to hear from us, Lord. You love a relationship with us. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you did in 2019. As a general, Lord, there's so much gone on. There's been um, incredible privileges that you've given us through babies being born, Lord, to show your grace to us that you let us raise your babies. Lord, there's been sickness. God, I don't know why that happens. But I know that you're there with us. Lord, for the jobs that we've been lacking or the houses or whatever is going on in 2019, Lord, I give you the praise because you were there and you allowed it to happen for a reason. Lord, for our character or um, our personalities being developed, Lord, I don't know, but we trust in you. We, we trust in you with all of our hearts and we lean not on your own understanding, but we acknowledge you, Lord, and we know that you will make our path straight. Lord, for 2020, I commit it to you. I petition 2020 for this church and for the community, Lord, and I ask you to have your way. We don't know your will. But Lord, those who are, uh, who are crying out for their kids' lives to be saved by you, for, their, for them to have a relationship, to be drawn back to you, I cry out to them too. Lord, for those who are crying out for jobs, who are crying out for healing. In the name of Jesus, I cry out to you for that healing. I know you have the capacity to heal because you created us, Lord. You created us so you know. When we talk to you, we are talking to the manufacturer of our bodies, Lord. So you know how it works. You know how we're put together. So Lord, I know. But most of all, Lord, I know that when those healings happen, we will give you the praise and the glory and the honour, Lord. In your name.